0: McCall. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Brother McCall. It's good to be back in Lake City. Amen. Good to see all the smiling faces. Good to have my wife with me. She's been with me if we make it another 12, 13, 14, 15 days, counting today, 51 years. Amen. Takes a great lady to put up with me that long. Amen. Has God really been good to you? I wonder today if I may and it's always a pleasure to be with Brother and Sister McCall. They are great people. He's one of the I wish I was just about that much as smart as he is. Uh, I wish my vocabulary was about at least 10% of what his is. Uh, But I fall a little short in that category. Uh, There is one thing we have in common besides Jesus Christ, and that is we both like books. Amen. I love good books, and uh, I believe... Books are a whole lot like the Holy Ghost; they're made to be shared. Amen. Amen. You just read them and throw them back in a box somewhere and forget about them. They don't do much to people, and very many people, any good. And we're living in an electronic age. People don't look much into books anymore. My wife has been on to me for several years now about. This nice book I carry, and uh, not carrying this one the way I should. She don't understand. It's easier for these old eyes to read on that one than it is this one. And uh, but that's neither here nor there. I love the Word of God, and I want to talk to us a little bit today. And I hope it's all right. I I have sought the face of God for hour after hour. I don't have anything new. But I want to deal with some things in our lives, and, and I'm definitely not going to try to be your pastor. You have one of the greatest pastors I know. But I want to talk about strongholds today. I just want to talk about some strongholds. and Look at somebody and say, we all got them. We've all got them. Amen. We've all got them. Amen. The only difference is in some of us, some of us have strongholds to keep the enemy out, and others have strongholds to stop the Spirit of God to let us become what we need to become in Him. But they're both strongholds. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 13. And and I think I may be reading from a different version. Let me just go there so I know I'm reading the right one. Romans 13 verse number 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I am not a real... Scholar, I just like to read. But this verse of Scripture seems to start out with the night's about gone and the day's at hand. Now in in Hillbilly, that tells me it's dark, but it's fixing to get daylight. He said, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. We're putting that behind us. And it also tells me, and I believe, I, I lean toward the, the theory that Paul wrote this book. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It doesn't make any difference. It was written to the church of Rome. So it tells me there were some works of darkness in the church. Amen? He didn't leave any leeway there. He said, it's here, and we need to put it aside. And now he said, let us put on the armor of light. And in this message I'd like to talk about how you can pull down the strongholds that the enemy of our soul has built in our lives. And I'd like to talk about the kind of stronghold that we can build that will not allow Satan to gain any kind of a foothold in our life. Amen. It's time for us to cast off the works of darkness and to walk in the armor of light not giving place to the devil. Too many of us have allowed the devil to have a foothold in our lives. Now, I'm not saying you backslid. I'm not saying you're devil-possessed. Don't go telling people that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you we've allowed the enemy of our soul to get a toehold in our lives. Amen. I know you probably haven't, but I have. We've let him have free reign to harass Oppress and bring us into bondage that God desires for us to walk in freedom too. God should be our rock and stronghold, but the problem is too many have allowed the enemy to control the strongholds. 2 Samuel 22 verse 1 and 2, Then David spake unto the Lord the, the words of this song, on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. If you're ever going to be delivered, it's going to be from the Lord. If you're ever going to be set free, it's going to be the Lord that sets you free. If you're ever going to have your foot upon the rock, it's the Lord that's going to put you there. Everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. But if I've got my foot on the rock that is Jesus Christ, and I love that verse, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to understand if you're standing on the rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about the winds of the world and the winds of this Satan, and the winds of this flesh blowing you around. Every wind of doctrine won't ever faze you because you're standing and you're rooted and you're grounded upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ that only comes when we destroy the strongholds that we built in our lives that were not of Christ let me tell you where some strongholds come from they're not wrong They're just not Christ-like. There are some good parents, Brother McCall. They're good people and they're good parents, but they're not Christ-like parents. So through tradition and your raising, they put things in you that was not Christ-like and it becomes a stronghold to stop you from becoming what Christ really wants you to be. That's a stronghold. It's not wrong. It's your teaching. It wasn't wrong teaching. Not necessarily not right teaching. It was just not Christ-like teaching. Let me tell you another stronghold. We come into the church and new people come into the church and they say, well, I'm going to break this habit. It's just going to take some time. Baloney. Baloney. There's no such things as habits. Habits are strongholds that's been built in your life. And you've got to destroy those strongholds. Habits are just something we put a name on to give it political correctness, but when it comes to spirituality, a habit is nothing in the world but a stronghold that keeps you from becoming what Christ wants you to be. Now, if that's wrong, your pastor can straighten this out after a while. But strongholds keep us from becoming Christ-like. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 said, For the weapons of of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down... Arguments or imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience with your, when your obedience is fulfilled. Francis Frangipane writes in one of his books what, God, what men call salvation. But we like that salvation, don't we? What men call salvation is simply the first stage of God's plan for your life, which is to conform us in character and power to the image of Jesus Christ. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many areas within us to remain unchanged. Pulling down strongholds is a demolition and removal of these old ways of thinking and so that the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifest through us. Amen? So we've got to work on this. I have to work on it every day. Now I, I, I believe tearing down strongholds are a lot like destroying and tearing down buildings. Some buildings are easier to destroy than other buildings. It takes longer to tear down a poured steel reinforced concrete building than it does a building made of wood and nails. So we may have to work a little harder on some of them than others, but the fact remains, if we're gonna become the vessel that Jesus Christ wants us to be, we've still got to work on that stronghold until it stands no longer. And we better tear it till the foundation is completely torn up. We can't just dig down to the footing and the foundation and quit. We've got to destroy the very essence of that thing and get it out of our life. We've got to destroy it from our mind and let the same mind that's in Christ be also in us. We must do that if we're going to become a Christ like vessel and walk in the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Old Testament definition of a stronghold is it was a fortified dwelling used as a means of protection from an enemy. And that's what we need in our lives. We need strongholds that will protect us from our enemy. Amen. Getting a little ahead of myself. It's good to see Brother Anderson today. Amen. Strongholds can be a source of protection for us from the devil as is the case when the Lord becomes our stronghold as it did for David. Listen, those old things, the Bible said old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And right away, some of us people want to say, hey, I'm getting a new car, I'm getting a new house, getting a new suit, going to get some new boots. That's not, the, that's not the old things he's talking about. We've got to tear down those old strongholds that we've built in our lives through the years and destroy them and let God work in us and through us. And thereby we become a Christ-like individual. We must do these things. You know, I know not this church, but I've been in churches, been in assemblies. Wherever song they sing, and they're great songs. There's nothing wrong with those songs. But everything is Jesus paid it all. He wears the victor's crown. He overcame, he overcame. He did overcome. The reason he overcome, but we get to singing those songs so much. And I love the music. But there's some old-time songs that have a message in it. If we're not careful with our music, and it's come to this in a lot of places, that he overcame so much that we get to the place that we think, oh, we've got to do to be saved is to walk in the church house and sit on a pew and say, thank you, Jesus, for overcoming. But I want you to know the reason he overcame was not so I could sit and do nothing, but it was so I could overcome also. He made me an overcomer. Because he overcame. I can't just rely on his overcoming, but it's through his power that he made me an overcomer to overcome the strongholds that I have built in my life throughout the years. So we've got to do some things ourselves. I mean, there's just some things I have to do say well he'll, he'll take that when he's ready. He was ready when he went to Calvary. Amen. He didn't have to get ready. he's been ready. He was ready when he left his throne in glory and manifested himself in flesh and came and walked among men in this earth. He was ready. Hallelujah. So I'm not waiting for him to get ready. He's waiting for me to get ready. What have I got to do to get ready? It's real simple. I've got to tear down all those carnal strongholds that I've allowed the world and myself to build in me. And I've got them. I've got them. I'm glad y'all already got rid of all those things. But I, I've got them. I fight them every day. Every time. Without fail, every time that I see somebody cruising down the road in a new Corvette, that thing rises up in me because I want one of them. (laughs) Amen. There's no need of me lying about it. I'd love to sit down in one of those things. And I'm way too old to be driving something like that. If I got in it, I probably couldn't get out of it but I'd have fun till I got ready. But stronghold, we, we do these things and, and we live that way day by day and we must tear down some strongholds. These were physical structures, usually caves high on a mountainside, very difficult to assault. And, and it was this imagery in the mind of the inspired writers of the Bible adapted with the word stronghold to define powerful, vigorously protected spiritual realities. A stronghold can be a source of protection for us. When the Lord became our stronghold as he did for David, or conversely, a stronghold can be a source of defense for the devil's influence in our lives where demonic or sinful activity is actually defended within our sympathetic thoughts toward evil. Romans 6.16, do you know that Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey that you are that one's slaves whom you obey whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness? The Apostle Paul's definition of a stronghold He defines strongholds as speculations or lofty things raised up against the knowledge of God. It's any type of thinking that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, thereby giving the devil a secure place of influence in an individual's thought life. We've got to keep our thoughts right, folks. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, think on these things. Think on those things. Hallelujah. I I have a good friend, probably one of the best friends I have, and and he's been in the church about as long as I have, maybe as long as I have. But when we're sitting around just visiting, now he's he's really spiritual when he's on Facebook and, and a lot of other places, but when we're just sitting around visiting, all he can talk about is, is the fights they used to have in the bars when he was young and, and how his buddy was the toughest guy on the block, and how he you know, think on those things that are true and pure and holy and godly, Godly. They, they, they don't need to be uh, the things that I lived before Christ. Amen. You know, we all had a B.C. in our life too. It didn't just start back at the turn of of the time. It it, it started, uh, mine started when I was already uh, way beyond the age that it should have. But nonetheless, I'm thankful that God still looks down on 30-something-year-olds and 50 something year olds and uh, 80 and 90 year olds and says if they'll repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I'll still fill them with the Holy Ghost and I'll forgive the sin that's behind them amen but the trouble is the older you get the more strongholds you've built and it may be a little bit tougher to tear them down and on the other hand of that it may be a little easier for them because they've already saw the destruction that's out there and they've already saw the things that's going on in their life and they're ready to put it aside and they've already had the experiences even though they were bad experiences they had them and they said I'm not living that life any longer so they don't have any temptation to go back that way I hear preachers say everybody's had a urged and and decided they'd just leave the church and go, not me, let me inform you of something. I was 33 years old, and it never crossed my mind to go back to the life I lived. Maybe y'all thought about it, not me. I'm not going back out there. The only reason I'll be 72 years old in another 13 or 14 days is because I left that life. I walked away from that life, and God set me free. He filled me with the Holy Ghost, and he's been good to me. He's probably been better to me than anyone else. You just don't know. I've had people tell me, if you... People that knew me before I came to God. Preachers that knew me. Say, man, if you preach your testimony, you can preach conferences. And I said, hey, God maybe forgot all that. I'm not the one to remind him. When he called me, he said, preach the word. Not the dumb things that I did. Not the strongholds built out of rock and stone that I built oh God but I want to be in that stronghold upon the rock he said I'll build my church let me tell you the church is the strongest place and the biggest stronghold you can ever get into you are a part of a body of Christ and a great army whose captain is the Lord God almighty and he's never lost a battle and he's not going to lose the war I'm telling you if you stay in the church and destroy the strongholds of the world in your life you're going to be all right strongholds come from worldly influence John 5 19 said we know that we're of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one many strongholds are a result of an accumulation of uncrucified thoughts and unsanctified attitudes that have ruled our lives during our formative years I'd had the Holy Ghost about three or four weeks, and uh, I was trying. I'd quit cursing. I didn't curse anymore. I mean, I did. It, just, it, it left me. One day, I was, I was putting an engine together, and I was I squatted down on an engine stand, and, and I, was, I was assembling a, a truck engine had a truck driver that had been coming in and and he was giving me a hard time and there was four or five other drivers sitting around and a couple of them I had run around with years before and this guy kept coming in and he he was really giving me trouble. He was saying things and, and, and just really, really giving me trouble. And he said something about if he heard I'd said something about him and he was standing behind me and I stood up and turned around when I got stopped I'd look at him right in the eye I said fellow when I have something to say to you it'll be to you and I just turned around and squatted down went back to work and I don't know what he was doing behind me brother McCall but one of the guys sitting on the workbench over in front of me he said if I was you I'd shut up He already said more to you than I ever heard him say to anybody. So God helped me with that, and I've got to praying about that. And the next day, he came in, and he he had his arm in a sling, and and nobody knows how it happened. He's he's turning the truck into a a place to unload some fuel and, and had his arm in the steering wheel somewhere, and it just spun and tore his shoulder out of socket. I don't know how he done that. I don't know that God done that. But he never did bother me anymore because he wasn't able to drive for about three months. Strongholds. That was a a part of a tearing down of a stronghold in my life. One of the men said something to me and and I turned around before I thought and I grabbed him and literally picked him up off the ground and, and I drew the hammer back and something smote my heart and I began to weep and set him down and apologized. God takes care of some things for us, folks. He takes care of things in our lives if we're sincere and we've torn down some things. And I begin to weep and ask him to forgive me. And, and we became good friends after that we'd already been friends I, but all these things we've worked together for years and neither one of these guys had ever said a cross word to me until I received the Holy Ghost and I didn't have sense enough to know what it was but now I look back and it was just God giving me strength to overcome some of the strongholds that had been built in my life and if you'll pray and you'll fast and you'll say God as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I'm telling you that he'll give you strength. He may put some trials in your way and he may put some obstructions in your way but he won't ever put anything in your pathway that you can't overcome. You won't have to go around it and you won't have to go under it. He said you will bruise his head. You can go over anything the devil puts in your way. You can step over anything and say get behind me Satan for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world But I've got to pray And I've got to fast And I've got to study And I've got to seek the face of God And this must be my priority Is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ Oh hallelujah Somebody say praise the Lord There's some strongholds That are pretty common in most of our lives there's still many strongholds within us and I've listed just a few that are common to most Christians. Fear is a stronghold. Fear. A few weeks ago, I uh, had a little health issue and uh, they done some biopsies on me and a few days later the doctor called. and uh, You know, I've always been pretty healthy and Get along pretty good for an old man. He said, "Mr. Hobbs, I said, yes, sir." It's Doctor Brown. He said, "Got your pathology results back. Three of your biopsies came back. You've got cancer," and he hung up. Fear. Yeah, it scared me. I lost a mother to cancer, brother, sister. You know. I mean, cancer's not a good track record in my family. Just got through losing one of our best friends a few months ago, one of our uh, one of our best friends and a nephew right at Christmas time. I mean, you got cancer, bang. Yeah, it, it just about knocked me down. And uh, resentment is another stronghold. You know, you say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. I've said that before, and I meant that. Before Christ, I don't think there was many things I was afraid of. Resentment. Resentment. Well, you've had a lot more success pastoring than I have, and I resent that. God's provided him to, to, to drive a, a, a new Cadillac, and I'm driving a war out Ford. And I, if we're not careful, we'll resent those things. You know, this guy's got more money than I've got. Do you ever stop to think maybe he works harder than you do? Amen. I mean, I, I'll have to be honest. Anything I ever got, I had to go to work for. I wasn't ever lucky enough for God to send me a $20,000 check. He sent me a lot of overtime, and I had guys that say. Well, if I got to work overtime, I'm just not going to do it. We'll do without, but quit crying about it. My daddy raised us. If we're going to eat, we're going to work. If we're going to sleep at his house, he went to work. We all went to work. Amen. Thank God for a dad that taught me how to work. There's easier ways. You can be a car salesman. That's not near as hard. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Bitterness, this is probably the, the deepest rooted stronghold of people in the church, is bitterness. Let me tell you something, folks, don't get bitter. Whatever happens, don't get bitter. I've got a preacher friend that they told uh, four or five years ago, said, said, you as well go home. You've got one year to live. He stopped, made a big dinner, and that was a no-no. no no and he stopped and done some other things on the way home, and that was a big no-no. And he went out and climbed some trees and trimmed some trees and took out some stumps, and that was a big no-no. I said, I thought you said you just had a year to live. He said, yeah, I can spend it living or dying, and I'm going to spend it living. It's just how you think about it. You can take to your chair and not ever get up, and I'm not talking about folks that are in a condition health-wise can't help that. But as long as you're able to go, and I think you saw that in this congregation. There's people that went until they could just go no more. They just pushed themselves and pushed themselves. And my family worries about me. They don't need to worry about me. I am his, and he is mine. And whatever he decides is the way it's going to be, I may not like it, but that's the way it will be. And it will be the right way because it's his stronghold, and I'm his child. unforgiveness is a stronghold oh God how many of you want to go to heaven well let me just tell you something this is really deep if somebody's done something to you and you've not forgiven them you can forget heaven The Bible said, if you can't forgive your brother whom you've seen, then your father will not forgive you. If you won't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. That's a stronghold that's sometimes a a bitter pill to swallow. But we got to get rid of it, folks. Unforgiveness, apathy, unbelief, depression, anxiety, lukewarmness, sinful thoughts, lust, pride, greed drugs, alcohol, pornography. These are some strongholds that we're plagued with today. And we've got to come overcome those things because we all have a tendency to excuse ourselves so readily it's difficult to discern the areas of oppression in our lives. After all, these are our thoughts. Our attitudes, our perceptions, we justify and defend our thoughts with the same degree of intensity with which we justify and defend ourselves. As a man thinks, so is he. Therefore, before any deliverance can truly be accomplished, we must honestly recognize and confess our needs. I read a sign one time on a church, and it stuck with me. And it simply said, when when a problem, when you recognize that you've got a problem, it's 98% cured. Just recognizing that I have the problem takes care of 98% of it. Man, that's good percentage. You don't have much to do to finish this thing out. Two percent's not much. Surely you can handle that. But just recognizing the fact that I've got a problem took care of 98% of it. Oh, God. Let me tell you what one of the other percentage points is. I've got the problem. Somebody done something to me. And all I'm going to do is run around to everybody else and talk about it and tell them what it was. No, I'm going to take care of that and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to keep it under my hat. And God's going to help me get rid of it. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5 gives us two important things to help us to tear down stronghold. The first one is bringing our thoughts into conformity with Christ. And the second, is one obe- second one is obedience to his word. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We bring our thoughts into captivity to Christ. Jesus Christ is a model of what God considers typical for the new creation man. It's not a matter of I can't live that way. You can live that way. In our political correct world today, we've been told that man has to sin every day. Baloney, you don't have to sin every day. The blood of Jesus Christ took care of your sin. And if you'll tear down the strongholds of the world that's in your life, you can live above sin in this present world. But if we do, we have an advocate and we find a place to repent and he's ready to forgive us. Does anybody hunt? Any of you hunt? Does anybody use a semi-automatic rifle or shotgun or pistol? You just keep pulling that trigger. How many of you know what an automatic weapon is? You just pull that trigger once and it And that's all that. I don't want any of you trying it, but if you've got a good 1022 Ruger, uh, it's easy to make those that way. But don't do that. It's illegal in <laughs> you in the penitentiary. Amen. <laughs> hey, they say it, they're not designed to do that. But anyway, you know what an automatic weapon is. You know what a semi-automatic weapon is. Well, let me tell you something. God is not an automatic God. Just because I sin, he does not automatically forgive me. I have got to ask. I have got to repent. I'm just trying to let you know, just because you sin, you think, well, I'll sweep it under the rug, and I'll go on. No. No. No, God's not automatic. He's willing and he's faithful to forgive you. But oh God, never let me lose my repentant spirit. I believe the reason David was a man after God's own heart, he had a repentant spirit. He had a right attitude and said, oh God, forgive me. Help me, Lord. And when the prophet said, would well, you want to fall in the hands of man or God? He said, let me fall in the hands of God. I'm telling you, you don't want me to be your judge. Thank God I don't have to be your judge. But you don't want me to be your your judge. And you don't want Brother McCall to be your judge. You want a just and a merciful God to be your judge. And he wants you to repent. He's calling all men to repentance everywhere. He's doing that today. To bring down or cast down the strongholds of our past experiences, we must let God be found true in every man a liar. Romans 3:4, certainly and certainly not indeed. Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that ye may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. The only one who has the right to shape our lives is Jesus Christ not in that preacher's business what I do. It is his business what you do. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Christ. He bought you. He paid the price for you. You are his today, and he has every right. The old car of mine out there, and my wife's, my wife's car, the old truck that I have, my truck. If I decide to run it off in the river, as long as I don't try to collect insurance and and fraudulize myself, it's not anybody's business. It's mine. If I decide to let it get dirty, that's my business. It's mine. If I decide to wax it, that's my business. It's mine. You know why it's mine? Because I bought it and I paid for it. Do you know why it's God's business and His only on how to shape your life? It's because you're His. He bought you. It's His business to clean you up and to wax you and make you shine forth and put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's His business. You're His. It's nobody else's business. That truck has nothing to say about what I do to it. And I have nothing to say about what Jesus Christ does with me. I may not like it, but there's not anything I can do about it. He is a sovereign God. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You having trouble with the devil? I hear people testifying. and say, the devil's been running my back all day. What are you doing running around with him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I quit running around with him several years ago. Yeah. He don't bother me anymore. Yeah. So, well, you mean you, you, you're not. The devil don't bother me. The, the biggest temptation I have is that big old guy that looks back at me every morning when I look in the mirror. That's the only devil I have bothering me. Yeah. The reason I know I'm one, she tells me every once in a while. Glory. Oh, God. I've got a great wife, folks. She prays. She seeks the Lord. She helps keep me straight. If you're troubled by fear, resentment, depression, thoughts, apathy, lukewarmness, or whatever, submit these areas to God, repenting of your unbelief, and then yield yourself to Christ's faith within you. Are you troubled with lust and shame? Present these areas of sin to God, repenting of your old nature, drawing upon the forgiveness of Christ and his purity of heart. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. How do I resist him? Brother McCall said it earlier. Praise God. Just begin to worship. Just begin to thank God. Just begin to worship and praise God. I'm telling you, the devil can't stand it when people begin to lift up holy hands in the face of God and say, Here I am, Lord. Take me. Use me. I'm sorry for all those strongholds I built. I'm destroying them, Lord. With your help, I'm putting them aside. I'm getting rid of them. Oh, God. There's some of us that struggle with the same thing day after day, and it's nothing in the world but a stronghold that the enemy, he didn't build it there. I built it myself, but he uses that to try to destroy me and discourage me and put depression in me and say you can't make it, but I'm here to tell you I can make it because he made it. I can make it because he forgave me. I can make it because we destroyed the strongholds in my life we've got to learn that on a personal level it's better to develop godly virtues than to spend one day praying against the devil let me say that again it's better to develop godly virtues than it is to spend one day praying against the devil I've never figured out why I want to pray against the devil. He's already defeated. He's already, yeah, yeah, he's he's had it. Folks, he 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 can't do anything to a child of God. He can set off over there and wave a flag. But if I put on godly virtues, I won't even see the flag. You know there's been a lot of speculation on how I've got to close. Been a lot of speculation on the Apostle Peter walking on water. People say, well, as long as he had his eyes on the Lord, he was all right. But when he got his eyes off Jesus, he sank. You know what I really think happened? He said, Lord, bid me come. And he stepped out, and he began to walk. And I, and I know everybody's heard this, but me, I've just not ever heard it before. It just kind of came into my mind yesterday while I was praying. But, but he got out of that boat, and he looked at the Lord And he looked down and said, look at me go. I've got this. And he began to try to walk on his own and he began to sink. I'm telling you folks, you can't make this journey alone. You've got to have Jesus Christ with you. And when you begin to sink into the cares of this life, if you'll cry out, Jesus, save me. I'm drowning in sin and in destruction. Save me. You won't ever go under because he's faithful and just to forgive you. And he'll reach down where you cannot reach up. And he'll pick you up and put your feet back on the rock we need to tear down some stronghold would you stand with me this, this afternoon building a stronghold of Christ likeness involves a struggle it's not an easy thing The process of getting free of worldly and fleshly strongholds involves a season of inner conflict and turmoil. This is a good sign signifying the desire of your will to be free. We should expect a time when we must exercise our authority in Christ as we resist the devil. 1 Peter 5, 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walk about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's got to ask permission before he can do anything to you. Resist him. steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. As you continue to yield yourself to Christ, he will remove Satan's armor from your mind. He'll show you what you need to bring down. You'll see the weapons of your warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. A few weeks ago, in closing, I just want to remind you that you do serve a miracle-working God. A few weeks ago, one of the ladies at our church was diagnosed. She had a tumor, they said, the size of a soccer ball in her abdomen. They done all the tests. Said, you've got to go to Baptist Med. They're the only people that's got a team in the state to do this surgery. Cancer's entwined itself around your bowels, wrapped around and around your intestines. We prayed several times. One Wednesday night, just a Wednesday night Bible study. During prayer, we read a prayer list. and During prayer, begin to talk about expecting God to do something. As we read that list, people began to come to the front to be prayed for. And the Spirit of God just swept into that tabernacle, that sanctuary. She came up and we prayed for her. Her and her husband are just devastated. Went back to her pew and she's still worshiping. One of the ministers walked back and laid his hands on her. said I take authority over this cancer in the name of Jesus Christ be healed lose her right now cancer in Jesus name Turn around and walked away that, that Friday morning they went to Little Rock to the specialist he done the test done the, done the x-rays came out and he said folks I'm not one to give false hope But I don't know what they're seeing. I don't see that cancer that they say is there. So they're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. She still had a tumor. They took it out last week. Results came back the last part of this week, Thursday or Friday. It wasn't the size of a soccer ball. It was the size of a basketball. When they got all the lab results back, it was totally benign. Folks, God still is on the throne. If I'm willing to submit my way to him and tear down the strongholds, he is faithful and just. Would you give him a praise offering right now? Would you just lift your hands and thank him right now?